Um, today, we're going to talk about, he starts off in first, in Second Peter chapter 1, and in verse uh, 12, we're going to read verse 12 down through verse 18, but you'll notice the first thing he says, so I always remind you of these things. He says it three times in this passage that we're going to talk about today, remember, 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 and uh, am I, are, are we getting a little feedback in my microphone? Is that a little bit feedback? So he says, remember, 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 in chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, he says it two times again, so it must be important. There's a reason why he's saying, remember, remember, remember. If you see something repeated in Scripture over and over again, stop. So you're going to talk about memory. Uh, how many of you, if you remember, think about your memory quite a bit? How many of you think about it? Okay. How many of you have people in your family that have had memory problems? Same people, mostly. <laughs> you know, my father died and he had, with, with, he had Alzheimer's and uh, my grandmother had uh, Alzheimer's. They called it dementia at that time. My great-grandmother had uh, dementia and they put her, in, uh, those of you that have lived here a long time know how it used to, know, you know exactly how it used to be. They were in, uh, she, they, she was in Terrell, in the state hospital in Terrell, which I went to one time and, scared me to death as a little kid, and uh, said, man, I, I never want to see that. Uh, all related to memory. It, it's sort of a scary thing, so we're get, still getting a lot of feedback. Um, anyway, thank you for helping. This issue of memory, I read this week that this lady named Karen Bola, John Hopkins researcher, said the things people most often forget. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. The first thing, what do you think is the thing people, 83% of the people have trouble with this one issue. What is the first thing you think people forget? Names. names. Number one is names. Number two, where something is, 60%. Number three, telephone numbers, 57%. Now, people don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't know any telephone numbers anymore. If I lose my iPhone, I'm in trouble. Uh, but I, okay, it's 57%. 53% forget words. You, you want to say that next word? The reason I'm telling you this is so you don't feel so bad that you're losing your memory. Um, what was said, 49%. Faces, 42%. And uh, the last one, and, and, and this is in descending order, whether or not you've done something. Did I take my memory pills last night? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So here he says it three times. Verse 12, verse uh, 13, verse 15. Verse 12, I always remind you. Um, verse 13, I think it's right to refresh your memory. Uh, verse 15, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will be able to remember these things. So, this was very important, and my, my, my question is, why was this so important? So let's talk about that. Um, let's see, maybe we'll talk about that. Why was this so important to Peter? Well, look, in the, the text tells us, it's very clear. Um, first of all, because in verse 14... Well, right before, in verse 13, he said, you know, as long as I live in this tent of the body, 
because I know that I will put it aside as soon as our Lord Jesus Christ, it, I, I, I will put it aside, put what aside, this tent. It's the word tabernacle. I don't have time to talk about that. That's a whole other study, but it, he said this, he, it really says that I'm, I'm, I'm about to put up my tent and, and go home and that I will put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me he was about to die, right? Who's got, uh, Jesus prophesied this. Did you know that? Jesus prophesied Peter was going to die. John 21, who's got John 21 that's going to read that? Okay, Jeannie. Okay, so 30 years after, you know, after Jesus said that to Peter, he is now saying, you know, Jesus said that I'm going to die. It's, it's going to be soon. I start thinking about that. That's, that's a little scary to, you know, Jesus look at him and say, uh, you're going to die, Mike. And uh, you go, wow. So that's what Peter's been living with all these 30 years, knowing that Jesus who makes no mistakes, that you're going to die. And he specified the type of death. Now, what tradition tells us is what? That how was Peter, how did Peter die? He was crucified how? Upside down. Um, and some even add to that story saying he did not want to be crucified. He was not worthy to be crucified the way Jesus was crucified, so he asked to be crucified upside down. And so he said, I'm about to die. I'm going to put up my tent. And so I'm going to get all this information. I'm going to remind you of everything you need to know. Right? All right, then he was uh, he is also, the New Testament was not completed. They didn't, Peter didn't come to the church and visit these churches and say, turn in your Bible to uh, 1 Corinthians. Because they didn't have it yet. It was not completed, the Old Testament, but they did not have what we know as the canon of the New Testament, the completion of the New Testament. Um, so he goes on, he said, what did they rely on? They relied on, the first century church relied on the revelation that was given to them as apostles of those who had been with Jesus. That's what they relied on. And these letters, he's saying, Look what he said uh, in verse uh, 14. I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will be able to remember these things. How, what effort does he make? He writes it down. It becomes as moved by the Holy Spirit, which we'll see in just a moment. So um, they got their instruction directly from Jesus and as moved by the Holy Spirit, they wrote it down so that they would not forget it. And today we have the completed canon, word by word, complete, uh, inspired word of God. Now, I won't talk about that for just a second because it's important. Two big things we're going to talk about today. That, scripture, inspiration of scripture, which we'll talk even more about next week. Inspiration of scripture, extremely important, and the transfiguration and how those two in this text uh, add up. So, 
he's saying here that the the new John completed the New Testament um, scriptures and the New Testament. He completed the revelation that the apostles received directly from Jesus. You say, well, what about Paul? Paul, when did Paul see Jesus directly? Yes, he was. He saw Jesus directly. The Bible tells us in his uh, conversion on the road to Damascus. He said he saw Jesus, and that's when he was Saul, the persecutor of Christians, and became Paul, the missionary to the world. So, and he, of course, became the most prolific writer of the New Testament. But he had been. They had to have something that verified what they were saying was the Word of God. And so they had, they, and Peter will talk about this, he was eyewitnesses of the ministry of Jesus. He received this from Jesus, and then they just didn't write a story. It's not just a history book. Um, and, and, you know, the completion of this, uh, holy men of God moved by the Holy Spirit. We'll read that in just a moment. But uh, it... it it should be clear that in this passage and many, many, many others, we'll just pick a couple of them, of uh, the completion of the scripture by the apostles who were given the exact words of God were completed. And by the end of the first century, we had the New Testament. It was done. It was completed. So that's why I have trouble uh, that in 1875, uh, Mary Baker, Eddie Glover Patterson, she had a few other names because she's married like six times, and she wrote Science and Health with the key to the scriptures and said this is inspired and should be part, it's canonical, and it should be part of the scripture and help form the Christian science movement. And I'm not having anything against them, except that's not part of the Bible. It can't be a key to the scripture. What did those poor people do in the second century that didn't have Mary Baker, Patterson, Glover, Eddie, Frabbits, whatever her name was, to tell them what the, what the scriptures meant and, and add to the inspired piece when John said, when he finished Revelation, what did he say in the last chapter of the Bible? Anybody tell me in, on this subject? What did he say? Don't add, don't take away. Don't add, don't take away. We got it all. You got it all. So, Peter is trying to help them understand this. And it's, it's, it's imperative, Christians, as some of you have known, you've studied this all your life, you know, some of you don't. So it's good for you to understand that the scriptures were given very clearly through men of God who witnessed the Lord Jesus Christ and his work and his ministry and then were moved not to write historical books, but to write inspired books. All right, so we'll keep going. He's also uh, uh, to help them. <clears throat> excuse me. Let me just let me finish this up I, I, before I jump on to the next one. Who's got, uh, does anybody got 2 Timothy 3.16? Yes, ma'am. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture is what? What did she say? God breathed. God breathed. Important word. Theos nustas. Theo. God nustas breathed. Every word it says, for all scripture, Paul writes to Timothy, all scripture is 
God breathed. It's the very word, the breath of God. All right? So, he, Peter writes down, not a history lesson in just a moment, but an inspired uh, word of God, scripture, to be used until Jesus comes and fulfills all of the scripture. And that's said about him. Okay, now, the other thing is to help with, what do they have big trouble with there? False teachers. The false teachers came in and said, hey, look, you have to do this and you have to do that and Jesus really didn't rise from the dead and Jesus didn't do this and this is what you're supposed to do. And, and, and what did Peter say? Wait, wait, wait. I was there. Okay? They needed that then. They didn't say, well, if today someone comes up to you and says, you know, salvation is by works and you have to earn your way to heaven, what do you do? Say, oh, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves the gift of God, gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. So you've got scripture to go to, correct? What would they do then? Well, it's a little difficult, wasn't it? So, so Peter um, is helping them with divine revelation. That's why when the scripture is completed, we, we don't need any new prophets like you hear on the radio today say, I just got a vision and I want to give you some new stuff here. I have to write. I have to agree with the readers, uh, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. Uh, we got it all. Now, I'm not saying we don't write commentaries and we don't write ex good explanations and helps. Thank God we have that. That's the gift that God's given many people. But the scriptures are completed. Now, let's go ahead. We'll talk more about it next Sunday. Come back for more. Part two. Now look at verse 16. So we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think he's referring to when he's talking to these Greeks? And he's saying, we didn't invent any, these are not clever stories. What do you think he's associating with that they know all about? What do you think? Any idea? Think, think, think. What, what kind of stuff did they, what did they tell their kids? What were the cleverly invited, what were the cleverly uh, structured stories he's talking about? Right? How about mythology? They thought that's great stuff. Mythology, you know, this is Zeus and Aphrodite and all those guys I couldn't remember when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, that was their, that was the gods that they worshiped. He said, We didn't come to you with clever, uh, cleverly designed stories. These aren't stories. This is what, this is what Jesus told me. Now, he said, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. I'm going to tell you exactly what I saw. Now, only Peter, who are the three people that can, say, can talk about this? Peter, James, and John. Only three people. So what we're going to do, how many of you grew up in Sunday school where you had, did any of you uh, old enough, besides Mike, any of you old enough to remember flannel graph? <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> flannel graph, great. Flannel graph, a big flannel board, you stick people on it. Not real people, you stick little figures on it, you stick them up on it. Some of you are wondering, you know, is it a Velcro guy? Stick up. No, that's not it. Okay, so this is, we're going to have, we're going to have, 
I really thought about this this week. I said, you know, I've never spent a lot of time thinking about, studying, really trying to understand the transfiguration. So we're going to take a few minutes and do that this morning, okay? So, let's, uh, if you want to follow along, I'm going to tell the story. If you want to follow along, it's found in Matthew chapter 17, it's found in Luke chapter 9, and Mark chapter 9, all right? And probably the one that has the most information that we'll use this morning is uh, Matthew chapter 17. So, verse 1 through 5. Like I say, you don't have to turn there. You can if you like. And we're going to, uh, let's, let's, let's do that. All right? So I'm going to take volunteers. Sort of like the Army takes volunteers. All right? So I need somebody to be Jesus. <laughs> now we have no volunteers. Nobody wants to be Jesus. All right? Thank you, Joe Tom. You're Jesus. Come with me. Come with me. So we have, so it says, so the first thing that happened, come in here and, 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 and face uh, the disciples. You're the disciples. And all the people are listening to. So Jesus, and uh, I saw you wave there. Let's, let's try not to do any ad lib, okay? Stick, stick to the script. This, this is the script, okay? So Jesus is speaking right before, the, he's speaking to a lot of people, he's speaking to the disciples, he's talking about the cost of discipleship, he's talking about uh, his death, he's, he's telling my death is coming, my resurrection is coming, they have no idea what he's talking about. So Jesus is talking, talking to all of his disciples, and then it says about six days after that, he takes three of his disciples, all right? So, okay, Peter, you're Peter. Come on, Mike, Peter. Uh, you're James. Come on, James. Doug, you don't want to be John, do you? Okay, John, you're John. He was looking at me like, if you call on me, I'm going to hurt you. Okay, you three guys sit right here, all right? It's Peter, James, and John, all right? I'm sure it's exactly what they look like. Peter, James, and John, okay? And, it, it, you know... Peter definitely had the southern drawl, so we, that's good. We got that, we got that right. And uh, James was good with tools, so we're, we're good there. So I don't know about John. But uh, so we got Peter, James, and John. Jesus is talking, and it says that what happens now. He said, uh, he said some of the disciples that are standing here will not taste death until they see Jesus coming in his kingdom. Right? That's what it says. They will not uh, uh, they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, and part of that is going to be the transfiguration. All right? So he's talking all that, and here are the three guys that he's saying, some of you, now we know who it is. They didn't know it then, but now we know. These three guys, they're going to get a little special view of Jesus. Okay? With me so far? Now they're going to go to a mountain, and they're going to go... To pray. So here's the mountain. Go to the mountain. Stand up high on the mountain. He goes to the mountain. And uh, they think that might be Mount Tabor. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But let's just pretend that's for the Church of Transfiguration today. The Catholics made it up. But I don't know. It may be right. I don't know. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. But he's up on a high mountain is all it says. So he's on a high mountain. He's on Mount Tabor. And he goes to pray. So Jesus, you're praying. And... Um, you guys come with him. So here they come. They come with him. Now, 
they're praying. He's praying for a while, and they're they're hanging out, and a couple other guys show up. All right, so uh, you're Elijah, Don. Come here, Elijah. Elijah, Moses, you look like Eddie. You look like Moses. Come help me. <laughs> Moses was bald and had a white goatee. So, uh, all right. So, you guys go up with Jesus. So all of a sudden, you three guys look up, and they see the screen. No, they look up, and Jesus is there. And what are they doing? What is Jesus doing with Elijah and with Moses? They're talking. What are they talking about? You know? It's one passage that tells you they're talking about his death. They're talking about his coming death. I don't know what they're saying. Can you imagine what this conversation is like? And these guys are looking. And you know what's interesting? They recognize them. They lived a little before they did. And Peter's going, hey, man, that's Moses and Elijah. <laughs> man, alive. <laughs> Do I have it right, Lord? I'm sorry if I don't. <laughs> so they're standing there, and they're saying, this is Moses and Elijah. What does Peter say? The wisdom. mouth. All wisdom. All wisdom. <laughs> it's, it's good for us to be here. It's good for us to be here. What should we do, Peter? What are we going to do now? What do you think we ought to do with these guys? What does he, you remember what Peter said? Peter said, let's build a tabernacle for all three of them. Yay! Wouldn't this be fun? And then a voice comes from heaven. This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. Does that scare you to death or what? Yeah. <laughs> God speaks. God speaks. He's saying, Peter's saying, let's build a place. Let's, let's just stay here. This is great. Let's just stay here. James and John, say, they say, yeah, yeah, it's good. Let's just stay here. And they're up there talking and talking about his death. And they're getting a glimpse of what? Of glory. It says, what does it say that they see about Jesus? They see that he's, his face is shining. They see this radiant glory. They say his, his clothes are just glowing. Talking to two great Old Testament saints. Moses represented something. Elijah represented something. Moses represented what? The law. Elijah represents what? The prophets. So we have the laws and the prophets. All of it's being fulfilled. They're talking about what they prophesied. His death. So they're talking. These guys are seeing this. 